Nicholas. Hello, Michael. Or you start every show like this? Full name? Yes. Yes. You're, okay, uh, I like it. Your voice sounds a little hoarse today, tonight, I should say. <laughs> I thought it would be a lot worse. I thought it would be a lot worse normally. So I was at a bachelor party. I was in uh, Scottsdale, Arizona. Lovely city. Don't incriminate yourself. Lovely town. And uh, my voice is a little raspy, so bear with me. But honestly, uh, normally when I come back from weekends with college friends and fellow Jayhawks, my voice is is a lot worse. So this is growing up. That's what I've decided. That's not what it is. That's not what it is at all. It is. Whatever makes you feel better. Hey, we're we're wearing matching hats tonight. That's um, maybe one of the least surprising things. I would have put the over under at like four and a half episodes before oh, we you wear that hat a lot, but just with something with some KU piece of KU gear. Yeah. Okay. I get that. Um, well, mine's blue. Yours is white. I tried the white one on in store. Didn't like it. You seem to be pulling it off rather well. So kudos to you on that. That means a lot. Thank you. I think the blue looks looks lovely on you. I did decide to make an executive decision for this episode that I didn't wait, run by you first. Wait, I have one too. Okay, go with yours. Same. You're hosting. I'm yeah, I'm hosting. No, no. <laughs> don't fucking ruin this for me. I wanted to I wanted to spring this on you and I wanted you to be upset. Uh I wish I could, but coming off coming off the bachelor party. Coming off a few seltzers in the desert. I needed you to host. I'm excited for this game. I want to be the one that gets to go through the emotions. But I think we both did it. No, I'm hosting. But, no, I'm hosting. And you're mad. And you're, you're sick you're about hosting. it. You're yeah, hosting. Yeah, that's right I am. You're damn right I am. <laughs> all right, here's pro. what we're going to we do need, today. Okay, okay, all right. Talk me through let it. Let me host. See, this is why Can you I host. host. <laughs> See, you want me to host, but you won't let me host. You live for the drama. This is going to okay. be hard for me. All right, so it's. I'm going to show you how a real. I'm going to show you how a real man hosts a podcast. All right, so get your notepad out over there, Mikey. Take some notes. All right, I'm going to show you. I'm going to do something that you couldn't do in episode one. All right, here's what's on today's episode. <laughs> what's going on with Jalen Daniels and his back injury? KU beats Missouri State, but they didn't show it. They didn't show it, and that's troubling to me. Mike's got a little game for us. Reasons for optimism and pessimism for Kansas moving forward. Blackout at the booth on Friday versus Illinois. I will be in attendance. More on that later. A new little bit where we look at some of the top trending Sports stories on Twitter. Shout out OJ Simpson. And we'll recap (laughs) our week one bets and look to week two. It was not a fruitful week for me in week one of the college football season. So as a host, you're supposed to show it. You're supposed to show all of it there in the beginning. Oh, I didn't know you, you show it so early. Oh, yeah. You show it early. You set the tone and you let everybody know. What's about to happen? All right, let's get to the show. And, and, and I could be wrong. You guys could do, look at this. And I, I could be wrong on this. I could be wrong. And I could be wrong. I, I, I could be wrong. I could be wrong on that. You'd have to ask him. But. 
Okay, so I, I feel remiss to start this episode talking about anything other than Jalen Daniels, which is odd for a guy that didn't play or even suit up for KU's win over Missouri State on Friday. But this, to me, is more about what is going on with him and how the program is choosing to handle this mysterious back tightness, I believe is how they've described it, throughout the course of the offseason and specifically leading up to the game. There was a little bit of confusion about 48 to 72 hours before KU played Missouri State on Friday. So I am to believe, at least according to Brett McMurphy, don't know how you feel about him and his sources and his accuracy. I know you're big on that stuff. But he reported on Monday that Jalen Daniels is going to play on Friday versus Missouri State. But I feel like the dog that was beaten as a puppy, like I'm a little gun shy at this point to believe anything especially with college programs, because they don't have to disclose anything when it comes to injuries and the severity of them and actual like injury reports. The depth chart is out for this week, and or. it uh, has one of those infamous ors on it that so many college coaches love to use. I don't know if this is gamesmanship. If it is, I hate it. I think this idea of gamesmanship and not showing it is so overrated. I think there's so little to gain, even though college coaches will have you believe that's the difference between winning and losing these matchups. Um, I'm not going to set you up with anything, but what's sort of your take you trying on? To. No, I'm not. I'm not. I don't do that. I don't play those games. Okay. How do you feel about this? What, where do you come out on, on the entire Jalen Daniels back saga? There are two different stories at play here in my mind. There's KU's handling of it and local or or national media reporting of this injury and the information that has gotten to fans. So on the KU side, they have, they have shown nothing. They show none of it. Um, <laughs> Cowards. We're, we obviously are proponents of tastefully showing it all as you heard in the (laughs) intro here. So it's a little concerning. It feels like gamesmanship. Do I think it actually matters? It's no. So we are aligned there. I do think it, it is gamesmanship. What bothers me a little bit is how secretive KU is being internally, almost acting very paranoid about this. I think a lot of, People inside the program, players, don't know what his status is and what's going on. They see a more limited player rather than their quarterback, and they're finding out about this on Twitter as well. Now, it's almost it's a little Bill Snyder-esque. So maybe, maybe that's a good thing for Lance. I think it's a bit of a disservice to everyone around. It seems like he's obviously been hurt for a while. The tide has been, maybe they thought he was going to play is kind of what I was trying to say there for a second. And turns out he couldn't go or once his reps did pick up for week one, that it tightened up again. And Lance kind of said he hasn't had the rap, the reps 
that seems realistic. I'm a bit, it's, it's agitating as a fan for him to run out there. They show him as the starter on the scoreboard, but we're seeing on Twitter kind of that he maybe isn't playing week one. And now, now week two were to believe that, that he is going to play in Brett McMurphy, beautiful mustache. Uh, we are going to ride that mustache and, and I'm going to assume that he's playing. Uh, I think Brett McMurphy is, is credible though. KU, KU wants that out there. They want that information out there. That's why it came out why? in the way that it did. Gamesmanship. I still think it's gamesmanship. They want Illinois to have to prepare for two quarterbacks. That's stupid, dude. Okay, that's so dumb. Same offense. That is so dumb. <laughs> A little and more. That's option. the whole point of this offense of like having this sort of easy read offense where you can sort of plug and play and to an extent, right? Like sort of like what the Niners have done under Kyle Shanahan, where it's like, hey, if you're in the system, if you know the system and like we trust you to make the right reads, you can kind of come in and do the same thing as the other guy. Like we know that there are things that Jalen Daniels can do that Jason Bean can't, but we saw it and we saw what Bean can do. And he showed us, you know, Bean, one guy who did show it on Friday <laughs> was Jason Bean. <laughs> Right, he showed it. Was, was that intentional? <laughs> I need to know. Was that no, intentional? But I saw you I didn't laughing, think it was. and I couldn't. I didn't. I, think saw, it was. I, I was couldn't like, help. Are it. you going there? Are we doing it again? <laughs> we are, and we did, and we'll come back to that. Um, I just think the gamesmanship stuff is overrated. Like, I don't really think there are these competitive advantages at every turn of secrecy that these coaches will have you believe. Yeah, I. My take here isn't steamy. It's a bit of a disservice to me to players and fans to figure this out kind of on on Twitter and to still roll him out like he was playing before the game. To me, that that seems like is that a it's, thing. It's, you think this is a thing? Do you think this is a thing of by KU? Not just gamesmanship, but KU trying to ensure that there are going to be butts in seats by throwing out there that Jalen Daniels is going to be the quarterback. I hope not. I hope not. That's a bad way to earn trust. That's a bad way to treat your players. So I'm going to, I'm going to say no because everything the staff has done has been, you know, about the players, the players, the players. I know they care a lot about ticket sales though. So <laughs> I hope not. I, I'm going to say no because I just, that's, that's a bit too far, but like, it's it was a little fishy. Everything that okay. Happened. Then let's let's get to the root of this then, because at the end of the day, whether they're lying or not, there is something going on with Jalen Daniels' back. How serious should we be operating? Like in terms of like how serious do we think this is? I I if it's something myself. that 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 kept him off the practice field. If the players think he's limited. If he literally was not able to play on Friday, which, I mean, he didn't play, so I don't think they just held him out for gamesmanship. Yep. But he couldn't go. But now I'm to believe it's not going to be an issue moving forward. Like, if he couldn't play week one and it's a back issue. Like, the back issues don't go away. You ever met someone with a back problem? And then five years later say, hey, how's the back? And they go, oh, it's great. (laughs) Haven't had any issues. It doesn't happen, man. Yeah. I... I am with you on this. Uh, it's it's a bit concerning, right? 
okay, they don't want to hurt it worse, but it does feel like something that could keep flaring up over the course of the season. A weird hit is going to, it could just could easily get re-injured if we're talking about a back tightness injury that, that continues to flare up and get re-aggravated. It's concerning. It, it's, I'm sure they were being cautious. Maybe he could have gone. You don't like seeing a back injury that has lingered. It's just, it is bad news. That I yeah, don't know. I mean, I, especially for someone who plays the way he does, you know, dynamic in the pass and the run game. Like I, I just, I kind of wonder, okay, you're going to throw him out there, but does that mean he's going to take a hundred percent of the snaps for Illinois? Or is this going to be this thing where you're still going to have some certain packages to get Jason Bean out there? Wink, wink, get Jalen some rest. So he's not playing a hundred percent of offensive snaps. Excellent. I'm winking at you. If, if for people audio only, we are on YouTube as well. Now I just winked for YouTube only. Yeah. Shout uh, out the show at all gang. <laughs> we love you. Show it all gang. Uh, Jalen, show it all, by the way, on the video podcast. Yes. Yes, we do. Tastefully. Jalen, once he came back from injury last season, his effectiveness, it, it went down a bit from where they were earlier in the year. Maybe this is defenses catching up to the offense, but it seemed like they were unable to do quite as much at the very end of the season. I'm just a bit concerned. It's, it's definitely concerning. Now, I want to know, do you want to go there on this? Because there's been basically no credible local be- media coverage of any kind on, on this injury. No what one has been that? willing to come out and say what's going on. We wouldn't have known about this injury, in my view, if it wasn't for Bryson on Twitter as fans. And, mean, and if you don't know so, who Bryson so just is, to give some give some color on this, give like kind of give the the background on what took place, you know, the night before the game. Okay. So even even dating through fall camp, I think Bryson was the one who said he was hurt. There's a KU football diehard insider, someone you and I both know really well. Uh maybe maybe the biggest fan, therefore also <laughs> such a big fan that he's that he is an insider. Uh, and he's tweeted out things that most of the time are right. And, and he has said that in fall camp, he was dealing with this injury. I believe the night before the game or the day before the game, he tweeted, Jalen was starting, ready to go. Let's go. And then later that night, corrected himself and said, actually, Jalen isn't going to play. That's what I'm hearing right now. I'm really sorry. Um and it kind of threw everyone into a, a spiral. And when Bryson came out and reverse course that strongly and, and apologized hard, I was like, I, I don't think he's playing. I'm going to, I'm going to trust the way he's reverse course here that something strong has come in telling him the opposite. I'm in the scoops game. No one is talking about this injury. No one knows what's going on internally. Like very few do. So. It, it's a bit frustrating. And then on the day of, there's there's nothing that's coming out, out. I think it is hard for me to figure out. There are people, I guarantee you, I shouldn't say that. I think it is very likely that there are reporters or someone who covers the team that knew whether or not he was going to play and wasn't saying anything about it and 
it frustrates me as as yeah, I disagree like I a, disagree from a journalism perspective okay I don't I think I think the issue at play here is that I don't think we really want to get into like the media game of it Bryson's probably more plugged in than a lot of people who are covering it professionally so I would assume because and Bryson has kind of shown that over time and people give him shit on Twitter and I get that's Twitter people give you shit all the time but you have broken a lot of stuff I just don't necessarily believe that some of the guys on the beat had the information that he had. And I think about it like this too. A lot of the guys who are on the beat now are not seasoned dudes. Like the KU beat has seen a lot of turnover over the last five years. That is true. And you couple that with a new coaching staff, like those relationships aren't necessarily there the way they may have been under previous staff. So I do genuinely wonder if Bryson was the only one with this information. And I do wonder if a lot of the guys in the beat were simply working with the information that KU had given publicly, which is the same information the rest of us were working with, which is, yeah, you know, we'll see if he's available. Uh, You know, we're hopeful, whatever the vague terminology that Leipold used in that press conference (laughs) earlier in the week last week. But I just kind of think that nobody really knew what was going on. And that's why we didn't hear any reporting. I, I guess if you are not sure as a reporter, you can't say it. That is something that Bryson and myself can both get away with in ways that others can't. I've always tried to be honest about that sometimes as to why I'm able to to say some things at 95%, even though I try not to ever, I try not to do that. Um, and they can't, I do think that there were probably... I have a hard time believing that on game day, someone didn't have a pretty damn good idea of whether or not Jalen was going to play. That's, that's just my, that's my hunch though. Even if they sure, sure that, and I don't, well, I don't want to start getting into names um, or anything like that. I don't think that's fair or appropriate at all. So maybe, maybe cut this one exactly rant out. Well, I'm not or, cutting it. Well, no, I'm not cutting right it now. Right now you're, you're going to, we show it all. I, yeah, we show it all. You think I'm going to cut right. this? I, I don't want to be di- just blatantly disrespectful about that. Uh, it, it's hard. I think some of the folks that have been around a while probably had an idea, but KU would also probably go ballistic. Uh, I think there's, there's a decent chance of that too. It's, it's a yeah, tough I one. Bet you they didn't, I bet you they didn't love Bryson tweeting out, to however many followers, I don't know how many followers he has, but most of his followers are KU football fans. I bet you they didn't love him tweeting out the night before the game that Jalen Daniels was not playing. It's a pretty strong hunch. <laughs> I, I wish I could be I a do fly think on the they wall think for some about, of I think they think a lot about putting fans in the seats and that saying your dynamic Preseason Big 12 player of the year, Heisman hopeful quarterback is not going to play, is going to influence people's interest in a game against an FCS opponent. It's a, it is a very, you got to think about this fan base too, Mike, like say what you want about KU fans. I'm, we're both in that bucket, but this is not a fan base that is going to show up you know, rain, snow, sleet, like 
the situation needs to be pretty favorable. Like it took a while, even last year when the buzz was going for it to get to the point where you could count on that place being full because it's a, it's a fan base that's been snake bitten time and time again. And they don't have the equity. The program does not have that built up equity to get them to show up no matter who's playing, no matter what the stakes are. As a fan, my like I, I definitely had a little bit of here we go again. Once the the Daniels flip floppy news trickled out, also the way that it trickled out makes me think that maybe KU till the day before the game they they might have hoped he was going to play up until that day before. So I think that that is some element of fairness. Right now, I, I'm very curious to see how they handle it this week. I expect vagueness. And cautious optimism. I think that's probably what we're going to see. Uh, I think it's going to be very similar to last week. Yeah. But I mean, just up to kickoff. We didn't know if he was going to run out there. It was crazy. It, it was. Oh, I would I'm bet stressed. you. I would bet you it's a very similar situation this week. I would bet you it's very similar. I want to. I hope we see him out there. And, and obviously, I think it's going to happen. I'm going to trust McMurphy. I'm I am writing McMurphy. I said it earlier. I will say it again. My money's on him playing. That is not a hearing. That's just me saying someone told McMurphy they expect him to be out there next week. Someone credible. All right, let's get into this game a little bit because KU did win, even yes, though I most. don't think they showed it. Uh the final score, what was it, 48 to 17. So they did cover. Actually, I think the line. Moved a lot. I mean, it moved a field goal right before kickoff. I got it at 28 and a half. And I believe the line closed at 32, which would not have been a cover. So congrats to them. It was a backdoor cover if I've ever seen one. I think they scored three touchdowns in the final 10 minutes of that game. In that game, even though they won handily and it was never really in question, that game was a microcosm of how this team won games last year, which is start slow and pour it on in the second half. And that's exactly what they did. I think 31 of those 30 of 48 came in the second half. You look at Jason Bean's stat line, very impressive. They kind of ran the ball at will. Everybody got to touch it. It was against an FCS opponent, right? So it's it's hard for me to say that the stock of this team, of this Kansas football team, went up after their win over Missouri State. I would just simply say they did what they were supposed to do. You're a team that has aspirations of winning six, seven, eight games, going to a bowl game again, building off the success you found last year. They're an FCS team. You're supposed to beat them handily. That's exactly what they did. So it's tough for me to sit here and say I'm any higher on them this week than I was last week. You got the job done. This game on Friday is far more important than that one was. So I don't really feel like there's a ton to like, digest from that Missouri State game. I got a take. Exactly what I wanted. Look, the slow start was concerning, but I wanted us to sit here today, before the game last week, and to really not be like, yeah, seems seems about right. Seems about probably what it should have been. And that's what that's okay you did. It was a vanilla win. The start was was slow, a little bit concerning. 
Like I had a few minutes. It was like, just two mistakes. It was two mistakes. A little it was the high shot fumble. Yep. And then you get stuffed on fourth and one. Yep. Which which is totally fair. Like they controlled the game in in the way you would expect and hope them to, or the way you would expect to see and hope to see. I think that, you know, you could tell that they were more talented and really prepared. The slow starts, is it, is it a concern for you right now? Yeah, because I think that's something, if you, if you, if you just looked at last year as a whole and said, what's one theme that needs to improve this season? It's the slow starts, specifically on defense, man. I mean, this was one of the worst defenses in college football, specifically in the first half last year. They were abysmal coming out of the gates. They would get settled in. And even in games they lost, they looked so much better in the second half than they did in the first half. But they found themselves, go to the Arkansas game in the Liberty Bowl. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What did they give up? 21 points in the first quarter? That needs to change this year because you talked last week about like certain things and KU had a few breaks go their way early in that 5-0 start, and I agree. But if you're just looking for sustainability, you can't be playing from behind and you can't be playing catch-up in the second half and assume that your offense is going to go have to score 38 or 42 points just to keep you in games. Like that is cons- one thing that has to improve. Yeah, it's it's concerning. They, you cannot win at the level that they have a chance to, at the rate that they have a chance to, certainly this year, by digging holes like that. It, it you will, it's going to bite you in the ass, which is obvious, I know, but it, it is definitely concerning. And it's, it's pretty strange to see a team consistently do that. I don't know that it's fair for us to say that it's happening. This year, in fact, I expect them to come out pretty freaking red hot on Friday. But it's getting it's close to a level of concern, like where last year it's like, okay, you know, their first good year, they're figuring things out. Obviously, the coaches are talented here, making adjustments to start slow is just so odd. It's the opposite of what we've seen from all the horrible years of KU football. It's really strange. One one positive yeah, and, note. And I, oh well, yeah, you well, go. I do think too. Well, I do think too. Just in terms of like starting slow on defense in particular, sometimes that may just be, hey, you're not a good defense. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. like, hey, and we're not <laughs> going to be great at the beginning. Like we, our our coordinator may make some adjustments, and maybe when the other team's up by two touchdowns, like the sense of urgency starts to dissipate a little bit, but a little if you want to make it a bigger picture, it's, Hey, here's a great breakdown for you. You're not going to get this anywhere else. <laughs> KU's defense needs to be better this year. How's that? Like, don't be a bottom 10 unit in college football this year. If you want to go from being like a five or six win team to being a seven or eight win team, right? Giving up a touchdown less per game. I think last year they gave up 35 a game. The year before was 42. So if you're looking for a trend, Get it down to 28. There's two extra wins for you, Bubby. That's very Bill Self. 50-50 balls. There, win 50-50 balls. There's six to eight points. You're going to win a lot of games because of it. 
Uh, one positive, right. at least in, in my view, and we because we've been lukewarm here. I mean, Jason Bean was really good, like about as good as you could possibly ask for. W- once again, we're saying he was this flicking as it, the man. backup. Bean was flicking it. He showed it. Yeah. And that's what we love here. He did show it. Yeah, we do. We do love. I loved I loved Jason Bean. I thought, again, kind of going with the theme of this game in general, there was nothing he was going to be able to do short of going Shadur Sanders and throwing for 500 <laughs> yards. Yeah. That was going to make me say, oh, my God, this guy's a completely different dude. But he did exactly what you would want. And specifically, I think if you want to grade him on a curve, knowing that he's your QB, too, yeah, I'll, I'll give you some extra bonus points to say, okay, well, now we know that in a pinch or for a sustained period of time, if Jalen is not out there, like I have a relative amount of faith that this guy can sort of keep the ship moving in the right direction. Yeah. I think the thing, you know, I, I don't know. Do we, talk, I don't know. Do we talk about this last week about people around the program saying that he had taken a big step? During the off season, I may have I been don't talking about this with somebody else. Did I don't I think, think the we biggest did. thing with him, but it, but it's biggest thing with him, like not even from a game perspective, the biggest difference between he and Jalen Daniels is like charisma, magnetism, confidence, and I wonder how much of the staff sort of talking him up across the course of the off season is trying to instill some of that in him. Like, hey, dude, you can play. Like we've seen it. Your best is really good. Like it's competitive in the big 12. The problem is I'm not sure that Jason Bean always believes that now, maybe like, I don't know, maybe he's, that's just the way he carries himself. But I think part of it, if you're a staff and you see Jalen Daniels, the way he carries himself and remember going into last season, right? It was not a foregone conclusion that Jalen Daniels was going to be the starting quarterback. Not at all. These guys were sort of seen as neck and being neck and neck in that race. And I'm sure after the season that Jalen had, the coaching staff sitting there saying, wait a minute, we see these dudes in practice and there's not much separation between them. So what's what's the one thing that is holding this guy back from playing like that guy? And it's the stuff between the ears. It's the confidence, man. And I wonder if they're trying to coax that out of him by talking him up. Like we saw this with Mike McDaniels and uh, Tua with the Dolphins last year. Right, he gets there, and all of a sudden, it's like this dude's a this dude is a fucking gamer. He is the best quarterback in the NFL. He is so damn good. And we were all kind of listening to that stuff, saying, "All right, like we know this isn't true, but go off, right? Whatever you want to do." But then Tua had a great season, and it's like sometimes confidence can be very intoxicating if everyone around you is telling you how great you are. It's like uh, David Beatty and Thomas McVitie. Very reminiscent of that. Charlie yeah, Weiss and go. Dane Christ. Right. <laughs> I almost went with that one over the Mike McDaniels to a comparison. Turner Gill. I was going Jor- for something Jordan a little more Webb. relevant. <laughs> sorry. Wow, I'm these sorry. are some deep polls. The, the way that manifests itself, the, the decision-making, the, the mental stuff is in that decision-making. Uh, the way that Bean's confidence uh, or lack thereof, I think the way we see it on the field, how it shows up is in some of his, when he throws into maybe double coverage and or his option reads where he kind of second guesses himself, I think. 
So yeah, I think that's Ooh. absolutely a positive, uh, a confidence here's thing that a, we've heard. Here's a tinfoil hat conspiracy theory. I love it. Kansas coaching staff, beginning of the summer, knew that Jalen Daniels had a back injury. They knew that it might be serious. They knew that it may linger and cost him time during the regular season or were at least uh, being cautious with the idea that this guy is going to be able to play a full season. And that is how they got Jason Bean to return this year. Jason Bean played well enough. He could have went somewhere else and became a starter. Interesting. They pitch to him and they say, hey, man, we're probably going to need you because Jalen's back is fucked. So you may end up being the starter for eight or nine games, if not the whole season. Can we do a tinfoil hat of the week? Because you just you just earned it. They said, "Hey, we're going to." I don't flip even think bean. it's. I don't we're going to swell his confidence. Tinfoily. You know what? I said tinfoily to kind of give myself an out, but they're, they were like, "You're going like to play." Some, you're going to play. This guy can't stay healthy. You're going to play. You're going to play here. Hey. Is Jason Bean okay? Question: Where does Jason Bean rank for you, KU quarterbacks, since Todd Reesing? Okay, well, the I just named leader some. in that. Yeah, but none of those guys fucking I none of those gonna, guys are in the mix. I thought you were taking Jake Heaps. Well, Carter Stanley would be the guy to beat. Yes, right, like very, yes. very obviously. Yes. Carter Stanley basically did all of that in one season. So that's that's all you're really asking me. Is Jason Bean, are you asking me if he's better or if he's had a better career at Kansas? Uh, where where would you rank him on top KU QBs? Like how it's do you rank him at Kansas? This is, I guess not well, it's better. tough because – None of those dudes had a real offensive coordinator. KU was not mean? running what do you mean? an offense. Like they were our, dude, our coaching staffs were jokes. We had we had the worst coaching staff in the Big 12 for like, and these is multiple coaching staffs, mind you. Like if you were to rank the worst coaching staffs in the Big 12 over the last 12 years, five of them are like the bottom five are Kansas ones. I'd say when you say every many, year. It's like the Dude, KU look hoop at the offensive co- and and how many different offensive coordinators did we have under Weiss, under Beatty? Who's your favorite? Under Les Miles. Can you just throw out a, a KU offensive coordinator? Les Caning. Les Caning. <laughs> like what the hell? What's he doing now? Dude, but that's my kind of my point. It's like, what were oh. these dudes working with? The amount of times that we saw KU change OCs midseason, it's like, okay, they don't really know what the hell they're doing. Like they don't they don't have any sort of offensive identity. And why do you think all of a sudden when we saw some stability at offensive coordinator, Carter Stanley looked like he could play a little bit? It's not it's not a happy accident that Montel Cozart and Ryan Willis. Yep. Went to other programs and immediately looked like serviceable quarterbacks. They weren't world beaters, but they could play. And neither one of them looked like they could play at Kansas. So it's like, what's the common denominator here? And it ain't them. It ain't the players. So I do think Jason. That's Beans a great point. Probably, I think he's right there. If you told me Carter Stanley was playing in this offense, I would assume that he's putting up 
really solid numbers as well. But with being, I go back to last year, the win over Oklahoma State, like it wasn't great like the entire time he was filling in because KU had obviously lost something when they lost Jalen Daniels. And it's not like I'm going to give him an extra bonus point for throwing for 276 and two tugs against Missouri State. It's like not even a top 30 team in FCS. But the memories are fond because the memories of the program have been fond with him. Like it's tough to give Carter Stanley a ton of credit when the team was winning two games. Like now all of a sudden there's this added level of excitement. So I'm going to go Jason Bean is two. He is number two behind Carter Stanley, but... Now, if he has to play more this year, he certainly has a very, very good opportunity to thrust himself he, he could into be that number one. one spot. You know what? I think he's got 20 – I want to say he's got like 22 touchdowns in his Kansas career. And if he gets – I don't know enough to dispute it. I think if he – okay, so yeah, right. <laughs> so you can't argue. So this, just take this as fact. Could be wrong about this. But if he gets like six more touchdowns, he will be top 10 all time <laughs> in passing touchdowns at Kansas. Oh, shout out Jason Bean. That is just I don't know ridiculous. if that's a compliment or not, but it is, it is true. For him it is. Why not? I think, I think you're right. He's the second best non-Jalen Daniels Kansas quarterback in the last 20 20- Two years, 23 years. It's ridiculous. It's completely ridiculous. That's a sad list. That's a sad list of quarterbacks. Shout out Quinn Meacham. All right. Shout out DeAndre Ford. Shout out Manny Miles. Oh, that's a good one. It's a really good one. I don't don't think he ever started, but. No, he threw enough. He threw some passes. Shout out that boy. He, he threw yeah, some he passes. Did. He went through some stuff. Okay, do you have a you have a game prepared have a game. for us this week? I have a game. I want to do. I want to see if you can guess the PFF rating. So PFF. Oh, nice. Is, so a week after you, a week after you put on your glasses to make fun of me when I referenced Bill Connolly for thirty <laughs> seconds. A week later, you're pulling out PFF ratings in the glasses? form of a game. Where are my glasses? I need them. All right. don't get I don't them. know where they are. Don't get them. Yeah, no, I'm I'm now full in on analytics as I realize I'm going to have to talk about this shit. So Pro Football Focus will rank players. They have a grading system. I think it's considered probably, probably the premier way or one of the best ways of judging a player's performance against the competition. They'll watch their individual plays so you can watch an offensive lineman you know, blocking every play with things that deliver these. No, you did not. No, you did not. Nick just showed up Go with on. glasses. Nick just showed up with glasses. So basically we can get a good read on how individual players are performing despite the overall team record or performance. So where are my glasses? Okay. So this is my bit. Now they rank people. Elite, very good, above average starter, average starter, below average starter. There's a number grade that correlates. I will ask you to hit the hit the category, not the do you want to do the number or the category? I'll ask you. The exact number of the category. The, you're gonna give me the number. 
No, no. I'm going to give you the or name. You're going to give me the player, and I have to guess the number. Yes. So, do you want the number or okay. the or like the the tier that they? Yeah, I'll in? guess the number. I want to guess the number. Okay. All right. Elite is going to be 90 and up. Very good. 80 to 89. Above average, 70 to 79. Average, 60 to yeah, 69. Yeah, we get it, nerd. So I'll I'll keep you posted. Jason Bean. I mean, 22 of 28. They they grade each individual play. And so they'll, mm. even if like, right. You, you No, you don't get to do that for a game that you created. You don't get to do the nerd for me. Oh, yes. I'm playing your game. Uh, Jason Bean, I'm going to go with like an 84.7. 70 4, 9. 74 mm. 9. So he graded out above average, above average D1 starter. I want to make sure that's okay. right. I just, I want to make sure well, it's dude, right. Why don't you clarify this stuff before the game starts? I, I did. Well, I freaked out trying to write things down fast. Just hang with me here. Yeah, who's unprepared now? Yeah, can we... Well, I don't want to be wrong. Well, it doesn't matter. I already guessed the number, so why don't we just go on to the next player? Okay. <laughs> Devin Neal. I'm very confused Devin as to Neal what I wrote good. down. Devin Neal was good. Two touchdowns, one on the ground, one through the air. Uh, did he get over... Yeah. Over 100 yards from scrimmage on, like, 15 touches. I'm going to go Devin Neal. I'm going to go 91. Devin Neal, 76-1. He led the team. That was the tops on the team? Uh, Offense. I'm so confused. (laughs) I'm sorry. What are you confused by? I'm sorry. Well, you, I panicked trying to write really fast before the segment started. Yeah, Devin Neal. Why don't you take a little bit more time to prepare? Now you're doing this to me? You're yeah, doing this back to me? It doesn't feel so good, does it? No, no. no. I apologize right, to you. Who's the next for, player? I apologize to you for Didn't you ask? That's bullshit, by the way. Devin Neal was phenomenal. He was really Friday. good. I'm with you. I don't know what, you know what they're probably dinging him on is pass, pass block. blocking. Pass block. His running, yeah, 74-2 is right. And his running was 71-3. Interesting. So, yeah, his pass it's blocking. Not that, it's, it's not that. His pass blocking hurt him. Though now I'm... Okay. Now I might be thinking that my uh, offensive reports... Can you just feign a little bit more confidence? Jason Bean, I was right. My number was right. Jason Bean is 76-6. Sorry. I I wrote it down wrong. Bear with me. So, okay, Kobe Bryant. (laughs) I'm just glossing over, glossing over that. This is a mess. Clean it up. Kobe Bryant had an interception. I mean, I don't know. I didn't watch him on every single snap to see what he was doing in coverage. And so. that's why we use PFF. So don't don't take your glasses. Yeah, because we're because we're really learning a lot here during this segment. I don't know if that was if this was an educational game that you created. The but, last uh, two will be, I think. If anything, the last two I think will be good. Okay, I'm going to go seventy-two, fifty-nine-nine. 
He Jesus. Right at below average starter to average starter. This is really hard. That's what we're learning. The overall team pass block grade. Uh, well, did Jason Bean get sacked? I feel like I remember him getting sacked. Um, maybe he didn't. I'll go 81.2. 92, the number three mark in the country. <laughs> Here come the Hawks. Blackout, yeah. Illinois. Yeah. Bring I mean, the heat. Because the thing is, Bring man. Because the, the thing is. Thing is, like, you like you don't shut down the Missouri State pass rush very often. It's it's seldom are the games where they're not just absolutely disrupting the backfield for four quarters. So I'll tell you what, stocks going up on the KU. Oh line. yeah, oh yeah. All right, over. Okay, so they give a team their overall grade. Where do you think KU finished? Like what you can do, you can do. I was thinking, like, what rank? Where did KU rank overall grade? So we're amongst how many teams? To do one hundred and thirty. Yeah, I'll say. Do they do they grade you for level of competition? Do they grade you against the, the team you're going against? They should. You don't know that. I, I realized. I realized as I was asking that question, based off everything you've shown us during this game, that you have absolutely no idea how the I'm PFF learning. grading system I'm learning. works. I'm learning. But you're learning as learning. we're learning. There's yeah, probably I, people listening who today, have like way off the better party. I was sweating in, in Scottsdale looking at cactus. <laughs> I'm going to go uh, games, watching them. I'm going to go. I'm going to go. They ranked 74th. Number five. Have some respect for Lance Leipold and the Kansas Jayhawks. Wait, so they're saying. Yeah. Yes. That even though three of their best players ranked yeah. below what I yeah. thought they would, they were the fifth best PFF graded team in the country. Yeah. As a unit, they graded now out I am very to well. Assume, now I assume that they are not grading based off your competition. Probably not. But the team across the board graded very, very well. There were no real weak spots except for tackling, which is probably going to be an issue down the road. Is that a key component in the game of football? <laughs> tackling? <laughs> I don't know if they're weighted or not, but you know these other categories: pass rush, cover. Well, you know uh, what? Maybe they were. Maybe great. they were trying to be super vanilla, so they said, "Hey, why don't you?" Make sure you're not wrapping up on every play. We well, that's want, my we strategy. Don't want Illinois to know that's that, my that's my yeah right. Tinfoil. We don't want Illinois to know that we tackle well because then they'll have that on tape and they'll be able to game plan for that. Hey, host, let's move on to the next segment because I struggled. <laughs> yeah, I would say your PFF grade on that was like a forty point two. You think I'm good. a you think I'm a bench player? No, I I got. I think you're all. You know what? This is just second. this is this is the this is the nail in your hosting coffin. You couldn't even host a fucking game. I think let alone I'm, an entire podcast episode. <laughs> uh it's a tough scene. It's a tough right. scene, and I respect right. you for saying it. I'll I'll work on it, coach. But I wanted to be vanilla. Thank you, because it, it wasn't easy it for me to say. Last week I wanted to it show it. It wasn't easy for me to say. Oh yeah, I see you're struggling right now. Take those fucking glasses off. 
Yeah, I do. I don't. I don't need these anymore. No, okay. no, that's that. over. All right. I actually kind of think I was going to say the glasses. Maybe bring you look good. Back. I was going to say that. Right. Like you looked good, and I want you to show it. One weekend, one game, four quarters on tape. We both grinded the film over the weekend. Uh, I want to go with our biggest reasons for optimism. Okay. Heading into this game against Illinois or just going into the rest of the season and our biggest reasons for pessimism. So we're going to hit both sides of the fence here. Why don't you, do you want to start us off with optimism and then move to pessimism? So I put my glasses on, I found them and I went yeah, out wearing I know, them. And I didn't acknowledge it. And I know you wanted me to acknowledge it and I was just going to ignore it. But why? Of course you couldn't help yourself. No, I could not. Uh, why I'm optimistic. Number one, glasses on. They're the number. They take them f- off because the glare, the, the glare in your glasses is horrible. I'll show it. I'll show it all. The number five reason for Kate. Or- Wait, you have five. Fuck. We're never no, going to end this episode. No, I misspoke. I misspoke. My reason for pessimism is that they were number five on pro football focus. I was trying to go back to the segment that failed, put my glasses on. But you threw me off, and then I got excited, seeing I was going to show it. So, Wait, so that's reason for pessimism? No, no, no. Optim- I thought we were starting with optimism. You said pessimism. Hey, dude, we've got like 20 minutes left in this episode. Like, clean it up. Lock it up. Get to Lock the finish line. Yeah, seriously. Can we? Yeah, I wish we were doing like, some shows edit things. I'm not sure we do. Uh, no. Okay. We show it all. No, I'm we show the shows at all, baby. We show it. All right, I'm optimistic because <laughs> there's there's a lot of reasons. Number one, the offense looked as advertised as you would hope, considering Jason Bean was the quarterback. Receivers look good. Skill players strong across the board in the, in the offensive line looked really, really, really strong. I don't know if you knew this, but they're the number three pass blocking team, according to Pro Football Focus. Also reasons for optimism. I actually thought the defensive front was okay. And I've been worried about this. I'm not saying they were great, but I, I thought that there was improvement in some signs of comp, like competence from the front seven. And I'm not sure if everyone had that take or not. Like I, I have been again in the desert, so I don't know what the general consensus is, but that is certainly something I, I felt okay about watching them play. So those are two reasons for optimism. It's such a non-negotiable too. If you're going to start making like real noise in the big 12, if you don't want to just be one of those teams in the six to nine range, if you want to be one of the top five teams and like maybe we get to October and we're thinking, all right, this team might have a chance at making some noise in this conference. You have to win up front. And I know it sounds so cliche, but you can just go through the years of the big 12 and look at the best teams consistently, whether it's Oklahoma every single year. Why were they so good? Sure, they had Lincoln Riley and a Heisman candidate, a quarterback. They murdered teams at the line of scrimmage. Yep. Why has Georgia surpassed Alabama and the SEC? Because all of a sudden, all the best big uglies aren't going to Bama anymore. They're going to Georgia, and Georgia crushes you at the line of scrimmage. KU's never going to be able to have those advantages. Those advantages, but it starts with player development. The same way the K State's been able to be a mainstay for the past thirty years is they get guys in and they develop. I mean, they got a guy now from what Piper Cooper BB. 
who's going to be a first round pick yeah. in the draft. This guy was a two star recruit coming out of high school, by the way, took a shot at KU before the sunflower showdown last year, said they never called him. So just once again, just continue the, the past coaching staffs at Kansas continuing to catch strays as they should in perpetuity. But I'm with you. Uh, if the front seven can show improvement, if that offensive line grade was indicative of potential improvement there as well, that is how KU goes from being a team that's like middle of the pack to like, okay, like time to start taking them seriously uh, on the Big 12. I, my my reason for optimism is somewhat similar to yours, but it's more so like the things that we thought KU would be good at, it looks like they're still going to be able to be good at. The offense is going to keep defenses guessing. Andy Kotelnicki is a mad scientist. I think he is one of the more underrated offensive coordinators in the country. Specifically the run game, though. We, we talked last yes. week. Yes, I told you I was high on, on Devin Neal. Like I, I think this guy, for as much credit and love and adoration that Jalen Daniels is getting, I think, I, think, I think Devin Neal has the chance to be one of the top two running backs in the big 12 this year. Like I think his talent level is there, but it goes back to what you just said. Like if you get better up front, if you just get marginally better on the offensive line. That's the difference between Devin Neal having like a nice season and Devin Neal exploding onto the scene and having an all big 12 type season, because I do think he's that caliber of player. It- it does seem like he's talented enough. This is one of those guys over the years where if he were to go to a different school, like we'd see him as an all American and do the Kansas fan thing, which is just like, ah, of course he's one of those. Mm-hmm. So I do think he has that chance in the whole backfield. I mean, the, the, the group of running backs as a whole really feel strong about. So all in all, by the way, I don't know how you you're feeling. People thought it was a little boring. I was, I'm pretty optimistic. I thought they did exactly what they should have done. They played to the Vegas number. It, it's exactly what you'd expect with your backup quarterback and most of the team not knowing what's going on with your starter, who's the, the star. So all in all, I'm optimistic, and maybe we should have started with pessimism for the record. <laughs> Well, let's, yeah, we're going to end on a negative note. Let's end, let's end on a negative. When when everyone else zigs, we zag. You said that so. You said that so optimistically too. You know I'm, what? Let's end on a negative. I'm very yeah, optimistic by nature, it. as you'll find out. <laughs> I have a hard time being super negative. Is that good I for a sports disagree. talk show? You think I'm negative? No, I actually disagree. I'm a real. You can be. Oh. No, you pick certain people to be negative towards, like. You won't be – you don't like to be negative towards the team, but you have no problem being negative towards media members who you don't think are doing an adequate job. Mm. This kind of feels like therapy, doesn't it? We're really peeling well, back the layers of the Mike Vernon onion. But that's part of why this whole thing started with, with the scoops. Like, as Les Miles was running around unchecked. It's upsetting. Hey, it's be upsetting. consistent. And I be negative towards media, be negative towards uh, other facets of what you do that require it. All right. You're going to keep me, you keep me honest. I'll keep showing it. We'll keep showing it together. I would like to show it by your side. I'll go first with with pessimism. And it's, it's kind of what we've already discussed. And, um, 
you know, I'm not sourced up necessarily in KU football, but I'm, I'm, I'm sourced up with people who are sourced up. Don't you slow play us. Don't you sandbag us. You're plugged. I kind of the same reason that you're optimistic, oddly enough. I think that KU came out and they were running a vanilla offense. They were being very flighty on the entire Jalen Daniels situation. And I'm going to be honest with you, man. Like, I, this is not going to be a popular comment. I think that's what second-rate programs do. You're playing scared. You don't want to show anything. You're afraid of putting stuff on tape that other teams are going to be able to use against you. You don't want the Jalen Daniels news to get out there because maybe you're afraid of, oh, oh we're going to get a little leg up on – on the competition, if they don't know who's in a quarterback, you know what, man? Like, if you want me to believe in you as a program, then why don't you give me every indication that you believe in yourself? Because I saw a lot of teams in college football, Mike, show it in week one. Oklahoma put up 73 goddamn points on Arkansas State. There were some beatdowns. Some absolute curb stompings in college football week one. And I think the teams that are confident in themselves, they're not going into the season saying, let's hold back in week one. No, they're saying this is a real game. This is a this is not the NFL preseason. It's a real game. And if you're as good as I think you can be, then show it all knowing that it won't matter. It won't matter if you put it all on tape, because if you're that good, Illinois should be able to have one game of tape, and that stuff, whatever stuff you're running, should be good enough to beat them too. If having to hold back is the difference between you being able to beat Illinois or Nevada in week three, I'm sorry, but you got bigger problems. Like you got bigger issues that are going to come up this season. So that, I do feel like I'm reaching because I would say, Generally speaking, I'm optimistic about this team, but I thought they just kind of the whole week, it was just like, what are you scared of? Why are you guys hiding so much stuff? Just go out there, play your game, beat the shit out of this team, and then get ready for Illinois with an extreme level of confidence that like, yeah, we're coming. You saw what we did, and there's more where that came from. Question. You you started that by saying, I'm not sourced up, but I know people who are. What? what? <laughs> I think I said I'm not sourced up, but I'm sourced up with people who are sourced up. <laughs> okay. That's actually hilarious. Uh, wh- what was the sourced up intel of those who are sourced up? That they, that was not the offense that they were running. That, yeah, that the, they the offense back. that they ran, that they held back, they were running a very vanilla version of their offense. So I'm just like, hey, by the way, you don't get any preseason games, and now you've got a huge game coming up against Illinois, like a game that's what I think KU's three-and-a-half-point favorites in this one could absolutely go either way. So don't you want to get real live game I, reps I disagree. so that you are like 100% polished <laughs> going that. into the second game? I disagree on that one. This game is so important that you take every single possible advantage that you can and one of your advantages, certainly over Illinois compared on their week one game, is that you can leave a lot of mystery, a lot of, you can keep Illinois guessing this week. 
I think you take that advantage and you run. And KU has the opportunity to well, but, do but it. What's the mystery? Like, what's the mystery? They're not running a completely new offense from a season ago. It's all the same players. Like, they didn't completely change well, my the playbook hunch is that this year. They have expanded that playbook. That there are more iterations of what we saw but last you only year. Got one, you, got, you only got one play. You only got one game worth of plays. You're going to run them all? Like, uh, no, you, you I don't even get it, that. If you can, which it sounds like they did. Okay, here's here's So now, so now going team. into this game against Me, Illinois, but Lance now going Leibold, into this game Andy against Kuchinicki, Illinois. You and Brent Vittables. That's that's 3v2. Three points for me. I only came up with one example, nope. but I could come up with more, and I came up with the most extreme example. But that's my thing. Brian like, these Kelly po- would like, have showed it all. That's who you are. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> don't, so bad. don't you ever. That's so bad. Don't you I'm ever sorry. Call me. Can I? Brian Kelly. Can we have our arbitration? Arbitration. This is not a planned bit okay. by any means. I would like to settle this in outright apologize and say that was uncalled for. And I'm sorry. Do you accept? I and accept can we your move? apology. We have settled this in arbitration. Thank you. Okay. Uh, did you uh, have a reason for pessimism? Yes. Yes. And I'm very actually watch. Hey, hey, watch everybody. This is going to be about the media. Mike's going to make this about the media. No. And honestly, I still, I have more that I want to say on that. And I held back. I am, I am Lance Leipold, Andy Kultanicki on that. Pessimism is that the secondary is potentially really bad again. And Like, like, at a really concerning level, I cannot figure out like how it might be awful. So that is my reason for pessimism. There are like, if against a team that really opens it up and makes you cover sideline to sideline, I am very concerned. They'll keep going for broke, I think, and keep trying to get those couple turnovers a game, and that seems to be a, a decent strategy. But I'm just generally. Uh, quite concerned with the secondary and what I saw and what that means for the team going forward. Good take. Uh, was that a? Are you asking? Was it, uh, are you asking for an immediate, <laughs> an immediate grade on your take? Yeah, PFF that take. Don't end. Don't end the take by saying good. <laughs> good, bad. First Shocks. of all, why not? It's like a comedian saying good joke. I think I think yeah, exactly which exactly. I love and find hilarious and very professional. All right, yeah, but it only works every so often. You can't do it for every single joke. Well, you PFF. Okay, Illinois. Oh, you're not gonna Illinois. Illinois. No, right, I'm not PFF grading fine. you anymore. No I more podcasts after bachelor parties. Let's keep going. <laughs> no, I actually love I love the vibes here <laughs> because it is late. By the way, full disclosure. We first episode we recorded first thing in the morning. Both of us had a ton of energy. This Locked. episode we're recording at eleven fifteen at night. He's hungover. I'm tired. So which is Sleep a little slap happy, which is okay. Yes. Yes. Okay. Illinois on Friday. Blackout at the booth. Let's start right there. Black unis, are we a fan? Yes. I I really like them. Mostly like I think the blue trim on that circus font is beautiful. Black uni is with the circus font all day. Why not? Players are hyped. I'm hyped. Lance Leipold's hyped. Call us. Ne- it's kind of a little, little Nebraska. 
But hey, no. Why not? Why not do it? Why not? I'm in. I'm all the way in. What's that fun? No, I am too. I'm honestly, I'm in, I'm like kind of low-key pumped for all the different uniform combinations we're going to see this year because we don't know all of them. Like they'll pull out, they'll pull out the angry Hawk again. Oh yeah. I guess for a couple games, I'm hoping we'll see the, the, what was it? The world war one or they, the world war two, the world war Hawk. I don't know. World War Hawk. You don't know. I, I so can't that pull was a good, that. I can't that was a good pull that out today. of not knowing the answer. No, I'm going to be yeah, honest. You want me to lie? Mike can't come. Yeah. Mike can't come. I cannot tell a lie right now. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think I want to see Navy. the baby blues at some point. We're going to go Navy. Are we going to go old school block lettering with the old school KU? That in the I 90s? don't know. That I don't. I don't know what they're going to do on the helmet on the Navy's. But I'm excited. I would be pretty pumped for that. As you can tell, rocking Navy KU gear as we speak, Uh, I would be very much on board for that. I think Lance Leipold said on Hawk Talk, I saw that they had toyed with, like, they started with 44 different uniform combinations to kind of like whittle down to the ones they're going with this year. That's awesome. Apparently. They kind of joked about this when they rolled out the stadium, and I thought it made it seem like Lance didn't care. He is involved in this uniform thing. Like, I don't know exactly why. Matters, I mean, but dude, he is. It matters to the players. Well, I'll tell you. I'll tell you why. It matters to the players, and it matters for recruiting. Yep. Yep. If you think if you think that there aren't a handful of players every single year that make their final determination on, oh yeah, those jerseys would look sick. <laughs> like that is a real thing. You're going to picture happens. yourself playing for a team, right? You want full stadium, sick jerseys, dropping dong and scoring 70 points on dudes. I would say this. You know, they're saying blackout at the booth, these Blackhawk jerseys. I'm going to be at the booth. Breaking news sounder, I will be at the booth. And I actually think blackout at the booth is going to refer to me because I may (laughs) get blackout drunk. And probably the only game I'm going to see. I may go back later for the K State game, but uh, I'm going to make it. I'm making it to Kansas this weekend to see Blackout at the booth on Friday night, and I am so excited. I want to see. I didn't go to any. I didn't go to any games last year. Neither did I. Couldn't make it back. It was. I got. Mind you, last before last year, I had went to. Every single KU home game for seven years. Wow. I think I saw a grand total of five wins wow. across those seven Don't years. And the first year. You cannot go Friday. Yeah, the first. But no, but it's just, just bullshit. The, the first year I stopped covering them like full-time professionally. It was like, hey, yeah, I think we're thinking about maybe winning a few games this year. <laughs> like oh. the most exciting we're season. Appreciated yeah. a heads up. Yeah. Yeah. No, you can't go. Or... I would like to would you send us some like video content of yourself blacked out at the booth. No, you no, don't want to incriminate tacky, yourself. It? Yeah, you're right. Look at how drunk I am, you know? I didn't no, I like I to just leave spent it up. Wearing, leave it up to mystery. Wearing black. Wearing black. Do well, you I'm think not actually, I don't think I'm gonna wear black? You think KU sells it out? Uh, what was the official attendance? 40 for last week and 41 42 and what is sellout capacity what is it 
five. It was. It was 50, okay. So here's 50, what it says. 50, uh, 50. It was. It was. Well, now the official capacity is forty-seven. Clean forty-seven even. Um, I knew that. Last week's attendance was forty-one thousand ninety-one. So that's eighty-seven percent full. I think. I think we'll see. I think we'll see a, a sellout. I do. It should be sold out. You're telling me you need an extra six thousand, and instead of playing Missouri State, you're playing Illinois. Instead of playing with Jason being a quarterback, we are to assume Jalen Daniels could be out there. And this is a nationally televised game on ESPN two. It's going to have more buzz, better game. I think we're going to see a sellout. It should sell out. I mean, do you think that's fair to say that KU fans should sell this thing out? Like, if we should take ourselves seriously, it should be. Does I'm it, glad you brought this up okay. because I no, I'm because this is something I know that you you talked about a little bit last week. It was just kind of a one off note about Lance Leipold's going to want to see butts and seats in terms of like fan you know attendance. Here's what here's where I think you and I differ on the obligation that fans have to attend games. And I kind of go back to when KU was really, really bad under previous head coaches and previous administrators. And that was always a line that ADs and coaches were pushing was like, we need your support. We need your support. And I get it like that. You, you, you have to push for that. You have to constantly push to, to get bodies in seats. However, fans, in my opinion, I, I, don't believe you should tell fans how to be fans. And there is quite like nobody's ever went to a game. I don't believe. And I'm sure I'll get comments. If we post this video on Twitter, people saying, Oh, I did. I would like, I would okay. like to post now. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll definitely clip, clip this for Twitter, but I don't think people go to games because someone online asked them to. I don't think people go to games because the coach was like, Hey, we really need you out there. Like, is anyone really going to read a clip or see a video from like Lance Leipold or, or Travis Goff or anybody else like a KU proponent like you or Bryson or anyone. And they've went, you know what? I wasn't going to go to the game, but they said they need me. So honey, honey, we're canceling our dinner plans on Friday. We're going to the KU game now because they need us. Fans go to games, Mike, when they want to go to games. It is a very simple concept. They will go to games when it seems like that's the thing to do, which is why when KU started 5-0 and and hosted TCU, or was it Duke that they hosted for college game day? It was TCU, but that Duke, Duke game, I think TCU the Duke game sold out. Got him. Yeah. You're right. KU shows but up like, for Duke. You're... <laughs> you're going to get it when there's a buzz and KU had a buzz going around them last year. And all of a sudden was like, let's go to a game. Like that'll be fun. And I'm not saying that like Friday won't be a sellout. Like Friday very well could be a sellout. I'm more so talking very big picture. Totally. That's what I was asking about. Fans will go to games when they want to, when they feel like they have a reason to go to games. Is this cathartic for you in some way? I feel like this is a take you've had ready to go. No, it's a take I have it's a take that I have said oh. dozens of times over the last <laughs> decade. Because every single time one of these administrators or coaches said it, 
I went on my radio show and said this, like, that's great. But there's no such thing as a patient fan. There are indifferent fans. So like when you say like, when they're like, be patient with us, be patient. They're like, okay, call me when you're good. Because like being patient doesn't mean like, I'm still going to pack the booth. And if you were one of the people that were going to games, even when they sucked, you're the outlier. And that doesn't make you a bad thing. If anything, that makes you like the most loyal fan ever. And you should take, yes, you should be proud of that. But for the majority of college football fans, they need a reason to go. And if they feel like KU has given them a reason to go, then they're going to show up. If they haven't, then they won't. I truly believe it's that simple. I think a small number of fans will, will join a movement of community in some way of going to rally around a team when they ask for it. I think it's a small amount. I don't think it's the majority by any means, but I do think there's a feeling of community that, that can come in and KU needs every bit of that. Maybe KU's is, is also you know a unique situation. I don't think it matters if it's sold out or 45 K. I don't think, you know, the difference there doesn't really matter. I agree. So it'll be a great, it's crowd. nice. It's the only difference. The only difference is, it's nice to be able to say yes. we sold out. Yes. Uh, they'll be saying it out. loud. They'll be saying it loud if it happens. I hope it does. You're going to be there. Okay. Well, I want to play a new game. I want to play a new bit game. here. It's not really a game. Game. It is a new bit. And uh, I named it after you know one of the all-time Twitter and football legends, OJ Simpson. It's called Hello Twitter World. Or Mike, we take a look at some of the more viral and noteworthy no- moments that took place on Twitter during and after week one of the college football season. Do you have any color to add to that, or do you want me to just get into it? I thought you might say something sort of funny or witty, but you just kind of sat there and stared at the screen. I didn't know if you were going to play a clip, which makes no sense. I, I hope you don't. Would have been cool. I was just looking for a little comment, something along the lines of, okay, that's great. Or like, this sounds fun, Nick. Great I am idea. excited and I am really, really um, glad to be connected in some way to OJ Simpson. So thank you for that. Okay. So this is going to be our first. Uh, this is my first attempt at sharing a screen and playing these videos. See, I thought you were, that's on the screen. going to happen. You don't need to share. Well, it I is know what the video happen. is. Okay, do it. Show it. Show it all. Okay. So our first video comes to us courtesy of probably the biggest story in college football over the weekend, which is a game, by the way, we were both just like so incredibly wrong on. Electric. Which was. Oh, yes. Colorado, TCU, getting the win. And Deion Sanders talking his shit to, I believe, Ed Werder after the game. Uh, This exchange was pretty funny. What's up, boss? You believe that? You, you, hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh, no. Do you believe that? Huh? Oh, no, no, no. I read through that bull junk you wrote. I I read through that. I sifted through all that. Ah! Oh, no. Come on. Do you believe? You don't believe. You just answered it. 
You don't believe. Next question. Incredible. By the way, I love how Dion, like him showing up in the denim overalls and the cowboy hat, which by the way, now that I live in Denver and Boulder's like 30 minutes away, it's just like totally not the vibe not of Boulder, at all. Colorado, which is just like super crunchy. Like nobody's, it's not a cowpoke town. <laughs> you know what I mean? Do you think he was he's like, talking bulge? Oh, they got a buffalo that runs out on the field. So this is the vibe. Maybe so. But here's the thing. And and somebody else who's from the area that like I know here that was talking to me about that. And they were kind of saying, that's not even the Boulder vibe. I'm like, here's what you don't understand. He's Deion Sanders. <laughs> so he doesn't give a shit. And he's going to do it. And then it's going to become a thing because he's Deion Sanders. Are you buying? Are you buying Colorado football? By the way, after week one, define. Okay, all right. I was going to say define buying. Um, I was blown away by what I saw. That was electric. I mean, that the offense was totally legitimate. They have some incredible players. I don't think I'm at the full on buy stage, like to the level of betting them next week against Nebraska. I don't like betting on okay, teams. I want you to save that. I want I'm, you to yeah, save that. Okay, I'm, okay. Okay. That's one of the games I am betting. Okay. So I would rather save the breakdown of that. Okay. But I will just say this. It was awesome. Uh, Travis Hunter is a yes. freaking superstar, and that's going to make a lot of games very interesting. Yes. You have a Heisman vote. Is your vote decided week one? No, uh, my vote is not decided. I keep a running list. I ignore preseason hype. I ignore preseason favorites. So I keep a running list based off simply what you have accomplished this year. So I don't pay attention to Vegas odds. I just like to know, starting from game one to game 12, what have you accomplished? And generally speaking, I end up with the same players that everybody else does, but... I try to keep myself honest in that regard. Oh, I love that. Uh, the one thing about Colorado, I don't think they had a tackle for loss in that game. The defense might be <laughs> really, really bad. Uh, Sonny Dykes, TCU's coach, I covered him out at Cal. I don't know if you know that, but I actually had heard that. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I think you've mentioned that in every single episode that we've done together. And I will continue to. Uh, TCU's like do we do we need Sonny Dykes references each week? Yes, that was the perfect story. Has it ever not been fitting? Maybe last week, maybe last week. This week, perfect storm, I think, for Colorado to go against like full on offense v offense. Traditionally, like a bad defensive coach. I don't know that it was totally the best game to judge them off of outside of like how bad they were last year to them being good now and competent and really, really, really entertaining. I, and we'll save the rest for the bet segment. Okay. Uh, next thing I want to go over, uh, this just happened on Monday on Twitter. It was a tweet from barstool KU. Yes. Uh, of a screenshot of this account. So Big Game Boomer. Are you familiar with the Twitter account Big Game Boomer? Yes. 
unfortunately. So what they basically do for anybody who doesn't know, and I don't even really know how they got like this rise to prominence with no all idea. these followers, but they make a ton of lists and the lists are always arbitrary and random best student sections, best home field advantage, best head coach. Like it's just a million different lists like that. And they have mastered the art of making shitty lists just so they can get engagement, which like, by the way, anybody who wants to shit on them for that, like you're giving them exactly what they want. And when you quote tweet that and say, this list is fucking stupid. That's exactly what they want you to do. So even if you think that that in and of itself is dumb, you're still doing what they want you to do. So just side note there for anybody who shits on them. I've never once interacted with them because I think that they're a dumb account. But anyway, it's just, that's all they do. And I think they have a podcast as well. Well, somebody shared, Barstool KU shared this screenshot. And I don't know if it's a Twitter DM with them or if they just got access to it. But basically what happened is this big game boomer account, again, like not a media outlet, just a guy on Twitter. They tried to get credentialed, like a media credential to the KU Illinois game on Friday. And there's an email from KU (laughs) basically just saying, we're sorry to inform you that your credential request for Kansas football has been denied. And they responded in this DM with fuck Kansas. They have no idea what they just did. They have no idea, Mike, the beast they have awoken in big game boomer on Twitter. This guy with all of his reach and his connections and resources, I would assume is now going to single-handedly tear down the Kansas football program. I do love the idea that knowing that all this guy does is make lists about like student sections and coaches and like mascots, like what they just did in his eyes is I'm going to put KU last in all my lists now. How will they ever recover? It's (laughs) so good. It's like the equivalent of... Did you see his follow-up tweet, by the way, too? Yes. Yes. that I did comment. I screenshotted it because I didn't want to engage. But I I did comment on this. I kind of want to... I want to read it, but it basically... Yeah, do you have it handy? Can you pull it up? Yeah, I, I can and I will. It basically, yeah, yeah, it was just totally, totally ridiculous. I don't want to butcher it. I'll just, because I have the right, the real one right here. <clears throat> Should I read the whole thing? Yes. It's amazing how fast people turn on you on this app. For the first time in a long time, I'm thinking about hanging it up for good. I do this just for fun, and it's not fun anymore. I requested media credentials for the Kansas-Illinois game since I was going. Didn't think I'd get approved, but I gave it a shot. I have no hate towards Kansas. The DM that got leaked was taken completely out of context. But if y'all want me gone, then you might have just got what you wanted. So funny. Uh, You're not going to fucking quit, dude. Uh, Obviously, you're not going to quit. And... What do you mean it was taken out of context? You said they have no idea what they just did. <laughs> what is What's the, the proper context, context for What's that the comment? Context? Yeah. <laughs> Feel free to share it. The other, Feel free to clarify for us. The other thing was like, I do this just for fun. Dude, you have three ads in your bio. And look, I <laughs> like paid ads. Yes. Yes. This isn't like 
just to to say that even if yeah you started that way it's just really disingenuous and was hilarious in this whole rant and then he immediately backtracked and said he wasn't leaving which is no shit like you already said like the whole thing is just hilarious oh, really but i love Shocker. ku kind of playing the cops here and like of course ku didn't approve it which is kind of classic and then this guy being like do you know who my dad is is basically what what they did like it's no, not it's even do you know, know who, who i am is. It's not. Do you know who no, I? Do you know am. who my father? Yes. Do you know? Do you know who my father is? Do you know what you just did? It's never dad. It's always father. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. uh, by the way, you shouldn't be credentialed. You you don't even run. A, like it's one thing to say like, oh, they don't they don't credential bloggers. You're not even a blogger. You're just a guy on Twitter. So I don't even hate on Ku for not credentialing. No, you. no, it's you're, just you're funny. not media. The whole thing. I like yeah. love the convert. I would love to know the conversation at Ku about credentialing like that seems amusing to me and then this whole thing that just carried on like he said he was going to go to the game and that i don't know if this is the follow-up you meant that like everyone will know who he is or something like he was going to make a scene or have a sign or something i don't know can't wait really bizarre can't wait i hope he's in my section (sighs) really i hope he's in my section Oh, that'd be good for content. Uh, uh, the last, can you get an interview? The last tweet I want to show. Okay. Yeah, I will. I'll get an exclusive one-on-one with Big Game. Brewer. Please do. Uh, last, last one I want to share here. Uh, game I referenced earlier. Oklahoma throttled Arkansas State seventy-three to nothing. What was interesting about this, or was it seventy-six to nothing? Doesn't really matter. Not like those three points really made you feel any better or worse about the game. Butch Jones, head coach. Arkansas State, which has just been a bottom feeder of a program, uh, basically caught crying during the middle of the game. Butch shows why I have plenty to talk about with this team after this game. And you mentioned their next contest against Dude, having to be consoled by your players. And this tweet is misleading because so they have misleading. this score cut out. They had the score cut out over the over the the actual score bug on his This was at the beginning of the fourth quarter. This is with 13 minutes left in the game, and he is all, he is already crying on the sidelines. Like they, Oklahoma went on to score like two more touchdowns after this moment when he was crying. I'm sorry, like don't ever try to turn this shit into like a heartwarming moment. Yes, this is you. laughable for your head coach to be crying on the sidelines because all I'm thinking if I'm a player the rest of the season is, wow, our coach is kind of a big pussy. Like (laughs) I'm not really respecting this dude. I'm sorry. Can I say that? Am I allowed to say that? Let it, let it fly. We show it all. uh, We show show it all. We show it. We show it. Football coach. Like have some self respect, keep it together. Your players feed off the energy that you give them as a coach. And it's game one, pal. Long season ahead. Actually, you know what? The only thing that would make this cool is if Butch Jones cries during every game <laughs> this season for Arkansas State. You, like That's the only way to make that cool. You left out one of my favorite details of the crying. He took a knee on the sideline as well when he did it. He was on a knee crying. Which to me is just the most look at me moment 
I couldn't stand. I was so emotionally overwhelmed. <laughs> it is just so about him by doing that. And his players consoling him. Yeah. His players like patting him on the back like, it's okay, coach. It's so bad. It's To me, it's just the opposite of how that should be and making it about him and you know how hard. It just seemed very attention-grabbing. Coming from someone who likes to grab attention, just hated to see it. Oh, Hated to see it. Okay. All right, let's. Uh, that is hello Twitter world. That was great. I'm Good just segment. saying. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. You me OJ. Okay, uh, let's let's wrap it up with uh, week one bet recap. Week two betting slate. I'm gonna be honest with you, Mikey. Didn't go super well for me. Not a great start to the season. A uh, old one and four for Nikki boy here in week one. You know, I uh, I added some action late that saved me. Because I didn't have a great nope, start. Nope, 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 nope. Doesn't count. Nope, nope. Has to be what we did on this show. Don't even, and don't even mention the games. Yep, yep. You don't, you don't get to get, add bets after the fact and count those. I'm trying to think of what I said on the show. Because I did too. Like, I bet on KU and I hit that game. So it's like, I'm not going to give myself bonus points there. Show only. I think I had TCU, UMass, North Texas. They all lost. They all lost. Uh, Friday, I had Nebraska. Yeah. And that hit. The only game I hit was Miami, Florida in the confusion. Oh, ball. we love that. I'm glad. Yeah. I'm glad that you hit All right, that so one. So we need to that our betting segment last week lasted too long. So and rapid we're at the fire. end of the show and it's like midnight. Yeah. So let's go rapid Thank fire you here. This. Yeah. Uh okay. Uh week two, first game I am betting on. Notre Dame minus seven at NC State. And this is really a two pronged approach here. Notre Dame, I thought looked as good as any team in the country in week one. Granted, it was Navy. Uh, but uh, minus seven versus NC State. And the main reason I'm betting on this is because I bought into the sweat equity. I bought into Dave Doran's sweat equity at North Carolina State. It did not pan out. They are now dead to me. <laughs> I am betting Notre Dame minus seven versus NC State. Sweat equity is dead. Okay. Interesting. I'm on NC State plus seven and a half. They're playing Notre Dame. Don't know if you knew that. The exact reason I, I did that hear you that. just spelled out, like I, my guess is Notre Dame's a little inflated. NC State's a little undervalued. I'm going to be looking for a lot of spots like that this week. There's another one. I'm not saying in this game, Texas Tech is one that I'm thinking about. Haven't put the action on, but that. I will say I'm on Texas Tech. Okay. I'm on Texas Tech plus six take us, take us. Texas Tech yep. plays tough. Texas Tech plays tough, and I like this game. I believe is the game in Lubbock, yeah. or is it at a neutral site? No, it is in Lubbock because they Lubbock. play they play yeah. in Eugene next year. So uh, I am on Texas Tech plus six and a half versus Oregon. Okay, join me. Join me. I am thinking about it. I'm not. If I say it now, can I lock it in? Does that? I'm joining you. I'm riding you. Squad ride. Okay. I'm in. Count it. Yeah. Lock it. I already did that one. Troy plus 16. They play Kansas State. Don't know Mm. if you knew that. Did know that. Like that. Yeah. Like that. I want, I want 16 points. I think Troy's decent. That's pretty much it. I just thought it'd be a fun one to bet to take. Um, I uh, I'm going to be betting Alabama minus seven versus Texas 
And, you know, the main reason why I'm taking this bet is I was watching because I had it on Fox still after the Colorado TCU game ended. And I watched a little bit of that Texas Rice game. And do you ever have those things? Do you ever have those things where you'll be looking at like a word or a team and then all of a sudden you'll be like, am I baked right now? Because I'm having these like really stoned thoughts, even though I know I'm perfectly sober. Like last week, uh, I was looking at the word, I was looking at the word answer on a piece of paper, just the word answer. answer. And I was like, oh, that's a, and I was like, that's a funny looking word. And I know that's how it's spelled, but is it though? <laughs> like, is that answer? I'm not sure where you're going with this, but yes. I do have tell you where I'm going. I I do have that feeling. I'll tell you where I'm going. So I was watching a little bit of this Rice Texas game, and I and I think I was kind of I was watching, and it was sort of an ugly start. Like it just was slow, and I was just looking at Texas, and I was looking at their uniforms, and I was just like, "Wow!" I was like, "Oh, Texas used to be really good at football." You were sober, you know, for a long time. Yeah, I was perfectly sober, and I was like, "Texas used to be good at football." And their jerseys are kind of iconic. And I just thought to myself, like, wow, they're they're leaving. They're leaving the Big 12. And then I go, I fucking hate Texas. <laughs> Fuck yeah. them. Like, who do they think they are? They haven't been good in 15 years. And they're they're probably the best team in the Big 12. But the one thing that we all know is that they're not winning the fucking Big 12, Mike. (laughs) They're not winning this conference because they're Texas. And I hate them. I hate everything about them. I hate their fans. I hate that they think that just throwing money at their issues are going to make them elite at football. It will never work. They probably have the worst, like, athletic department-wise, like, culturally-wise, they have the worst culture and like just the idea that like we're just going to – we have so much money and we're going to fix it. No, you won't because you suck. Your fans suck. Your alumni sucks. Your student sucks. And most importantly, your football program sucks. The fact that the odds – that odds makers think that there are seven points separating Alabama who like lost three three-point games or two three-point games last year and now we're like, oh, is Alabama lost a step? Maybe so, <laughs> but did Texas really gain a step? It's like, oh yeah, like Quinn Ewers fourth in Heisman odds. Bullshit, bullshit. That dude's getting benched at some point this season. Texas is going to lose three or four games like they always do, and Alabama is going to throat fuck them this weekend. <laughs> Alabama by like 24. This game is the lock, my, my tungsten steel lock of the week. Alabama minus seven. You just showed all of it. That was awesome. That was tasteful. You showed it all. And there is something like that was that was the opposite of (laughs) tasteful. That was tasteful. You showed it and it was tasteful. (laughs) And I do think there is something like systemically wrong at Texas that has led to them not winning in basketball and football to the level in which they have not won. It is weird. Yeah, you know what not winning is? It's losing. Uh, I will say I well I saw that line, and I was like, everyone's gonna take Bama. I don't. I 
It made me want to take Texas. It felt trappy. It's I'm, Texas. I'm not going dude. to. And I'm definitely not taking Sark. I'm just not doing that. I'm not doing that to myself. I'll feel so stupid if that goes the wrong way. So right now I, I have no bet placed. And uh, I'm going to watch the line movement. It's it's a sus line. It's a sus line. The one that I have in this slot here is Iowa minus four against Iowa State. Hey, Iowa has a quarterback this year. I think a lot of people are about to find out that yeah. they have a quarterback. And once every five years, Kirk Ferentz has the heat turned up on him. And then Iowa ends up being good, like really good. This this always happens. And it's about time for that. So I'm going to take Iowa in El Asico or whatever. And uh, or no, which one's El Asico? Well, Iowa, Iowa State's the Cyhawk. Yeah, I know, but there's a funny nickname. All right, leave me be there. I don't know, dog. Leave me be there. What about KU? Do we end on, on KU? The spread? Yeah, that's my last. Well, no, I, okay, well, let me do oh, this it's one Iowa, more. Iowa State, it's uh, El Asico. I, Thank you. I stand by it. Um, oh, you have one I more. am on Colorado, minus two oh, and a half, yes. first Nebraska. Uh, you are. I do. Yeah, I, I do. Um they're going to have two of the top three players. I'm stealing this from Pat McAfee. I heard him say it, but it's very well put. They're going to have two of the top three players on the field in every game they play. Like, yeah. Travis Hunter is uh, unbelievable. Like his stat line was stupid. It should have been even better. And I just it was think awesome. that that's going to give them a fighting chance. Run game, defense, a little sus, but... I think that that just the combination of having two dynamic play, players at three positions, you have two great players at three positions and they're three of the top five most important positions on a football team. That's going to give them a fighting chance in every game they play. There's those two guys are going to be the two best players in the field versus Nebraska. I get it. Like there's part of this like hesitancy to be like, Okay, everybody's on Colorado. Are we should we maybe pull the reins back? Maybe, or maybe that was just like a taste of what they're going to be. I could be totally wrong. This team could end up winning three or four games, but those guys, I, those guys are legit. No, they're. I don't they're know if awesome. the team's going to be that great. Those guys are legit. I don't think Nebraska's very good. Like this two and a half, I think they cover that. I've got a a stoner theory on this game. I've always believed that if you cry after a win and you have another more important game coming up next, you're fucked. You're fucked for that second game. <laughs> and I have case theory on it. What if you cried during, hey, what if you cried during that game? <laughs> you're all Who's Arkansas fucked. State playing this week? Adam Morrison. Gonzaga? Fucked against UCLA. Oh, my God. Arkansas State. Great call. Great call. So my case theory here. <laughs> Missouri. Winning the Big 12 tournament when Frank Haith was the coach, he sobbed. Next game, they lost to Norfolk State. Recently, Shaka won the Big 12 tournament with Texas. You know what happened their next game? They lost to Texas Abilene in the first round those, of the those tournament. Are ba- those are basketball examples. It, cares, it transcends sports. I didn't know that. I thought that was more of a basketball thing, but I, I, I don't oh, know, man. I'm, I, I'm, I just I, felt like they I'm were. Okay to, I, I'm okay, but like I, I'm buying into the the Colorado I'm, hype right now. I don't have a problem with the celebration per se. Like it's just, and they should have been that happy compared to how bad they were, how awesome that game was, how they really like 
proved a lot of people wrong. It was it was really cool. Uh, so I don't want to knock him for that. I'm By just way, saying uh, you didn't win the Super Bowl, and now you got to go play Nebraska, and it's going to be a bit more challenging than TCU. So that's my kids at home. It's going to be a scene in Boulder. It is going to be a scene. Yeah, they, I do like they might come out just red hot. That's that's the scary thing too. I might be looking to live. Okay, bet, I will just so I'm say waiting. Uh, a little. Sh- well, we call this a little Schwartz sprinkle. I'm putting a little Schwartz sprinkle on Memphis minus 21 and a half for Arkansas State, purely because of Butch Jones' embarrassing performance on the sideline. But now let's get to the KU game yeah. because I am yeah. actually betting on this game. I am actually betting. I got a good line on it, and this is why I bet it. I got it at two and a half. I am taking KU minus two and a half versus Illinois. Yeah. Now, Illinois had a kind of a, a weird game against Toledo. Uh, Toledo went for two. They were up one, went for two. Didn't get it. Illinois comes down, kicks the game-winning field goal with like 30 seconds to go. So that was a nail-biter, albeit Toledo's got some dudes, especially their quarterback. quarterback. Yeah, But Arkansas's, Arkansas's whole thing was supposed to be their defense. You mean right? Illinois. Like, Illinois. They were... Oh yeah, sorry. Illinois' uh-huh. whole thing was supposed to be their defense, right? Like they came in and they were supposed to have like one of the top ten defenses in the country. I think they were number one last year in points scored, albeit they play in the Big Ten. So it's kind of like having the number one scoring offense when you play in the Big Twelve. Like, yeah, we get it. We know. We, we know what style of football you play. Yeah. Uh, so I am a little bit trying to not read into it, even though I know deep down I am reading into that first game. KU's the more experienced team ton of roster turnover for Illinois. I know the defense is supposed to be great, but if the defense isn't great, if the defense isn't elite, and all of a sudden, whatever optimism you have about the fighting Illini coming into this year, it goes out the window. So uh, if Jalen Daniels is playing, Friday night game, big scene, sellout crowd, Black Hawk unis, that's worth at least a point or two. Oh, Give yeah. me the Hawks, man. Give me the Hawks. I'm riding the Hawks. I rode the Hawks all f- all five of those first games. Hit every single oh, one of them. Oh wow! And I'm doing it again. No, I love Kansas it. Kansas minus two and a half. I'm with you. I'm riding Kansas, and for all the reasons you just said, plus per your sourcing of people who are sourced, KU is about to show it, and I'm not fading them. The first time that they show everything, I'm on the jail. You never I do feel, I feel pretty good about you it. You never fade the first time they show it all. Okay, <laughs> not with this staff because it's never been done. Not with this roster. Not with this staff. Uh, no, no, I no because I do think this. If that was the vanilla offense, like of everybody involved in the KU football program, players, staff, etc., the one guy. I believe in the most is Andy Kotelnicki. I think that dude's a fucking G. I think he is one of the more criminally underrated offensive coordinators. Real ones, no. It's Real ones he's know starting what to pop he's doing up. there. He's starting to pop up on the list. Mm-hmm. He's starting. What are your source? Yeah, your sources who are sourced. Do they feel this way? Yeah. Is this coming from sourcing of source people? Are you hearing about it? him just being being a G? No, oh. no. And I do think I this, I'll tell you what, yes. like if any Coleman, they could get a head coaching opportunity, then you, you know, you take it. But 
the continuity yeah. of Lance, Andy, and Brian Borland, it's like, that's worth something. Oh, yeah. These guys have been together. They are a phenomenal trio that seem to be very loyal to one another. I'm not saying Andy's never going to leave, but like, there's a reason they've stuck together this long is because they all believe they have a really good thing going. I think this dude is just an insane offensive coordinator. And if we saw them go vanilla for 48 points, watch out. Watch out if they do show it. If they're going to show it, watch the hell out because it could get really exciting on Friday night. I'm pretty optimistic if we're really getting into it uh, based on exactly what you said, where if Illinois' defense isn't top-notch, it should it should work out pretty well for the Hawks. Minus two and a half is up. I think it's at three now. Right. So I got to buy it. I'll buy the hook and take two and a half. Yeah. But I'll do it. So, um, by the way, Ugh. another we got to do another one of these plugs because I did a bad job of doing it. You were on a bachelor party on Friday. I was watching the game. I had a few obligations that I forgot about. So I had to kind of pull a pivot and say, everybody come over here. We'll order pizza and wine and watch the game. I had a few too many glasses of wine. Kind of forgot all about trying to promote this. But please send us your takes. We want you to be on the show. We're going to keep sending this link out. We'll put it in the YouTube description. We'll put it in the podcast description. We want you to be on the show. So if it's Friday night, and you're walking out of that stadium, good, bad, or otherwise, yes. and you've got a take or you've got a question, send it to us, and we will play it on the show. But I'm just going to read it. I don't want to read but your we're tweets. Play I want you to be on the show. Show it on the show. Or if you have a video, if you have a video, we're going to show it. Don't you want us to show it? You want us to. We'll do that for you. We'll do that with you. And if you haven't already, by the way, by the way, we got to stop. We got to do this too on the way out. I mean, do it. Number six, number six basketball podcast in America. World champs. World champions of what? The United States? Yeah, that's right. That's us. Suck it, Draymond. Suck it, Gary Parrish. Coming for you. Suck it, everybody. Yeah, well, no, we already came for you. We came for you. And we got you. Gilbert Arenas, that's and who guess we're coming what? for. He was ahead of us. Hey, guess what? In the words of Deion Sanders, we're not coming anymore. We're, we're here. here. Hot tub on the airplane. We arrived. And guess what? Hey, and guess what? I'm about to get comfortable. Yes. I'm about to get yes. comfortable at the top of those podcast charts, Mike. And when I get comfortable, watch out. Oh. Watch out. Out. Oh, that is exciting. Yeah. Yeah. So if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, review, share it with your friends, be on the show with us, tweet about you us. You can be on the number six another in America, a basketball you were, podcast. You were on the number six basketball podcast in America. Yeah. This America? Yeah, that was me. That could be you. That could be you. So do it. North America. Show it to us, and we'll show it to the thousands upon thousands of people who are watching, 
in consuming this show, at least in an isolated one episode incident. But I have a feeling this episode's going to be even bigger. We're just getting started and better than the last one. We are just getting started. Hey, Nick. Thank you for doing Bye, this after a long shift of work today. You were working late for Bleacher Report. You were grinding. So I just want to thank you for doing this today. I appreciate it, man. And thank you for doing this when you might still be a little drunk. I am dead Certainly inside. hungover. I'm like not and, okay. And, and, yeah. Sleep and deprived. slowly rotting away from the inside out. We'll be back again next week recapping the Illinois game, showing it all once again. 